Hello and welcome to this episode of the Independent Dealer Podcast. This week's episode is a compilation of five different interviews we did at NIADA convention 2019. We had the opportunity to sit down with five amazing owner operators, uh, managers, um, dealer principals. We talked to them, uh, got some of their insights on the industry, what's made them successful, uh, tips and tricks and insights, uh, just kind of some quick little snippets that we threw together. So we hope you enjoy this episode, remember, share the podcast with your dealer friends, um, leave us a review online, give us your feedback, let us know what you think, any ideas you have for future episodes or topics you'd like us to cover. Enjoy. Welcome to the Independent Dealer Podcast, the podcast for auto dealers to learn and grow together. Here are your hosts, Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson. All right, Jeff, it's... Uh... NIADA Day 2, you having fun yet? I'm having a great time, man. Luke, this is uh, just just like fire hose in a teacup. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we're what we're doing here is we're going to grab a couple dealers and get their perspective. And these dealers that we're talking to are awesome. Um, some of the best in our business, some of the best in the industry, anywhere from 80 cars a month to 300 cars a month. So uh, first guy we have is Chris Haas. Uh, Chris, tell hey. us about yourself, buddy. Uh, Chris Haas, uh, Canfield, Ohio, independent dealer. Uh, been in the business since I was washing cars, you know, <laughs> since I was... Uh, so that's like 100 years. You look old as at heck. At least. <laughs> I think it's like 100 and, 150. The age in dog years. You know, yeah, that's funny. Seven at a time. But, uh, yeah, uh, just a, a local independent uh, hometown dealer, and we've just been, you know, trying to do it right since, you know, since we opened. How long have you been open? Um... If you go back, I mean, if you go back, my grand, my grandfather had uh, a dealership, and you know, in the '50s and '60s, and my dad grew up in it, and and then up to me being principal, uh, probably 2009, 2010. So awesome. And to give the give everyone perspective, just real quick, what, how many typical sales per month? What's your makeup? Uh, buyer pay here? We have no retail. buyer pay. Straight retail. Okay. Um, we we average anywhere between 70 and 80 a month. Uh, full service department. Triple uh, A service center, um, awesome. uh, stuff like you know, just typical retail. We don't do any buyer pair at all. So you're very successful. So give us three things that every dealer should do to uh, to be a good dealer and to be successful. Because that you know both that goes hand in hand. You know, a lot of the things that I'd probably have to say won't be directly for the car business. It's small business in general. Um, the conventions. Uh, it's all about making connections with guys like you. You know, at the end of the day, we know the business is getting different and a little bit harder and things are changing and the more people you have on your side. I see a lot of dealers, not more, more you know, you know, our age guys like to do that. And I, I also came in, like I said, from my grandfather to my father. Those guys, I don't think, shared information. I think they, they thought did. they were, I think they thought they were enemies, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, realistically, connections you know uh, there's no wrong way or no right way to do the wrong thing that's my my second and <laughs> and and just pick a goal and keep looking at that goal you know try not to veer off too much i know a lot of us we're, we're, we're crazy entrepreneurs you know by by trait and sometimes that's to our disadvantage not our advantage so you know keep your eye on the prize and and well with that being said chris what What's that goal that motivates you every day then? Now, it's yeah. change, a family. Okay. That's it. I mean, at the, end, at the end of the day, ever since I had my son, he's, he's going to be six. I don't know if I go to work for any other reason than that. 
you know, and the customers and, and, uh, and just, just wanting to have, I, I kind of find myself, I just want to have a, a good business with employees that want to work there. And, and that's what I really want. You know, at the end of the day, you don't, I'm, I think if I do that, and like I said, no, no, no right way to do the wrong thing. And then at the end of the day, I'll make money. That's awesome. Right? I, the money is not the first thing for me, although it is the car business and it is a business. And you look at your, you look at your financial statements every month. And did we make, you know, did we make enough? Did we not make enough? It, as you get older, you ask yourself, you know, how much is enough? And then there's that balance. Mm-hmm. So I think more of my goal now is life work balance than it is how much more money can I make? Right. Man, that's, how much, right. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's the that's the that's the thing you you know that constantly goes on in my mind now. That's awesome. Well, thanks, I, thanks, yeah. Chris. I appreciate it. No Chris, problem. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks right, for having me, guys. We're so lucky. We've got uh, two leading women in our industry here to speak with us just for a second. Both from California, um, so we're going to get a different perspective than what we what we give every day, um, and hopefully something that'll help some ladies trying to get in here. Absolutely. First, Brittany. Uh, Brittany is Brittany Hibden. Hibden from Hibden Auto Sales, right, Auto Center, Center, and she's in Northern California, Sacramento, maybe somewhere around there. About 100 miles north of Sacramento. Okay, and so tell us about yourself. Tell us what uh, your dealership primarily deals in. How many cars you sell a month? Just give us some background into you and uh, and your dealership. Uh, we just celebrated nine years in business. I uh, grew up around the car business though my dad was in the industry or my husband's parents were in the industry um, but we have our own independent store for about nine years we sell about 60 cars a month and uh, really specialize in a lot of subprime subprime so okay. helping people that that need help are you buy here pay here or are you cac what what exactly we're uh, cac no buy here pay here okay um, but we do a lot of business with cac we're probably closing like about four pools a year. Wow. Okay, that's so, great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. What? Um, why no buy here, pay here? What's uh, why not? I don't know. It scares me. <laughs> <laughs> it scares all of us. It scares yeah. all of us. Well, yeah. uh, I know your operation is 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 really one of the the leading uh, places in California, Northern California, to buy cars. Um, what three things that, or two or three things that you could attribute. Your success, uh, and also your success at being a, a leading woman in our industry that's, that's dominated by men. What can you What can you give us? Well, um, honestly, just persistence. Um, it is definitely still a boys' club, <laughs> and um, I think just not accepting that. You know, just continuing to to push and and have a voice and. Um, just be out there doing your thing and not worrying about what everybody else thinks. Um, that's been a big part of it. You know, especially you go to the auction, you're standing in the lanes, and mm. they just don't take you serious. And so Are you the buyer? Uh, not anymore. Okay. I was for a lot of years. I did all the buying for about, well, actually, up until about a year ago. So, wow. Yeah. Well, that's but, awesome. I tell you, that's a, you're right. You know, I go to the auction, and, and it used to be you'd see one woman there. Well, it's there's more and more yeah. now, for sure. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely um, starting to be more of us. But and they're sneaky. It's they an interesting dynamic. They're hard bidders, man. No, you got to watch <laughs> out when a lady's in the lane. We just smile. Well, awesome, Brittany. We really appreciate it. I know you're really involved uh, in 
in NIEDA and in, uh, with California. Um, we just thank you for what you've done for the industry, and we appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff, now we have Eric Freeman. And uh, for full disclosure, Eric's one of my best friends in the car business, one of my, uh, just somebody I look up to a lot. Um, he is a great guy, um, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his store and, uh, and what, you know, what makes things great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Luke. It's uh, such a pleasure to be here. And I tell you what, uh, the car business is an amazing business where we get to make money, first of all, but then second, we get to connect with employees and, and grow, you know, us as a group. And then we get to reach out to the community. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a full circle business that I feel like is such a, a backbone to communities around America. That is so. I've seen your I've seen your work, and I've seen uh, all the great things you do for your community and for the world. Really, involvement in Africa with a with a uh, nonprofit mm -hmm. over there. Yeah. Just just everything you do is great. Tell us where you are. What? Uh, how many cars y'all sell a month? Uh, what's the the layout of your dealership? Well, we we've got uh, two stores under the Freeman name, and one we're we're adding right now. And it's a uh, it's it's a little bit of a whirlwind right now as we break ourselves to grow and so there's some spots that are scary as we add employees before they can actually produce and and you know what does it look like to add inventory before you can actually sell it and uh mm. and uh so we're 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 growing the business and creating ultimately what our goal is creating potential for employees who are coming up through freeman motor company to be managers and and to run departments and so for us that's really exciting to see uh people grow within our 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 business and and then really as that as as that grows you see them as people start to produce um things that they never thought they could produce and that's through you know the the relentless training and role playing that marshall does uh, it's through uh Kara's support um, and, and so now we're starting to see, you know, years later here where we've got employees who are getting married and that's exciting to celebrate with them. We, we see employees having their first kids. Uh, we see em employees buying their first homes. And so as, as a company, you know, you go, you know, the bottom line's cool and all, but the, the reality is we're seeing the growth of a, a company and, and, and at 80 employees now. Um, there, there's a lot of growing going on, and so we're excited. I, I feel like I'm almost like a grandparent seeing our kids, <laughs> yeah, yeah. our kids grow. Moving on. So, so Eric, to stay in the theme of our our advice here, three tips. We've got mm. a lot of people to listen to this podcast that are some are new dealers, some mm -hmm. are experienced dealers, some are growing, some are shrinking. They're all in different areas. But could you share with us three things, maybe just three little tidbits that you've learned over your uh, experience, your expertise that you would say, hey guys. You know, we're all a little different. We all got a little bit different backgrounds, but but these are three things that have really helped me move the needle in my business. Yeah. Well, uh, I think the first thing is is making some goals of where you want to go as a company. We call them wildly important goals, WIGs. Okay. And so, uh, where are we going to go? Uh, number two is, you know, uh, we've we've got to stay focused on uh, a financial part of it because if we're not financially stable, we can't grow. And uh, third, we need to invest in um, doing 
the right thing no matter what the cost. And so uh, that, that's, that's a difficult thing in a business. It's easy to, to cheat sometimes, and the reality is we need to stay focused on doing the right thing. That's, a, that's so important in our business. Um, sometimes it costs you more to sell a car than you made. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but if you focus on doing the right thing for your customer, it comes back full, a full, I mean, 100-fold. I know, I know y'all do that as a company. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, yeah. Eric. Will you, anything else? That's huh? it. It's great. Appreciate the time, buddy. Cool. Yeah, thanks. Okay, here we are with Marshall. He is with Freeman Motor Company based out of Portland. Um, Marshall. Real quick, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I mean, what um, what's your dealership? What do you do? You know, basic makeup. Sure. Yeah, I am the general manager, vice president of Freeman Motor Company. Uh, we have three locations in Portland, Oregon, and we sell uh, between all three of them about 180 cars a month, and we go through about $200,000 in service gross a month. Mm. So wow, sales that's and a big operation. Yeah, it is. I mean, but. Some of the stores are small too, so one store is big and the other two are small. Very yes. good, very good. Marshall, um, I've known you for a long time, uh, you and Eric. How did you get into the car business? What? Uh, tell us a little background about about what's going on. Yeah, so I started as a car washer uh, when there was only three people in the company, and there was a mechanic and Eric Freeman, the owner, and me washing cars while I was in high school, and then I did it while I was in college, and then. He, Eric just asked me to, you know, watch the phones for him while he was at the auction or, you know, help write ads or whatever it was back in the day, you know, when we had to write auto trader ads <laughs> before the internet. And then I just kind of always wanted to grow the business and we kept growing and growing. And I just kind of, I guess my title's always been GM, but, you know, it's a little bit more responsible. I guess you have more responsibility when it's like, you know, you 70 employees. You actually have people to manage yeah. instead yeah. of just yourself. How yeah. many employees do y'all have right now? 78. Wow. Wow, geez, Louise, man, like herding cats, huh? Yeah. That's fun, fun, Marshall. So tell us, are there a couple things, maybe some tips you could give us, stuff that you've learned on your journey where it really made a difference? Like some of those needle movers that really kind of took you to the next level. What could we do in our business yeah. to take us yeah, to the next level? Yeah, I want to be sure. So I think, uh, you know, specifically like when you go to um, trainings or you go visit other dealers and you really like what they have and you try to implement it, there's a couple things we learned along the way. You can't implement everything all at once or you'll fail. And so we take it in little snippets and we just say, you know, we're going to implement that this quarter. And then just really holding people accountable is probably the number one thing. We're all mm. afraid to hold people accountable yeah. because we've grown, we have a relationship with them. We're yeah. family. And so setting clear expectations and then having the guts, I guess is the right word maybe to, to, you know, have some consequences yeah, to I think people's I, behavior. Yeah. Dave Anderson talked about that the other day and it's like, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to do, but you're, not only letting your company down, you're letting that person down if you don't hold them accountable, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my favorite thing and my motivation, you know, I, I love the car business. I like selling cars. I don't get to sell as many now, but I love to make people better. I love, uh, I like education myself. I like making myself better, learning more, reading books, but I love it when people can succeed, you know? And so they can't succeed if you just let them flounder and do things on their own. If you don't set clear expectations, they're not going to know what to do. And then when you hold them accountable to that, you're, you're making them a better person. Man, there's, there's a ton of money to be made off of that. If we could all somehow hold all of our people accountable, uh, we're going to all be better dealers for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, mean, I almost wrapped that back around to myself, holding myself accountable. <laughs> for sure. You know, I'm going to go home and I've got 50 things to do. I'm not going to try to do them all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do five. And then I'm going to hold my accountable, myself accountable. I, it's one thing that I really realized being at these conventions is I've been at this a long time. 
and do my, I don't have my ducks in a row on so many things, you know, and I don't think everyone does, but I got I to gotta go home and I got to focus on two or three things and just get them right to where I'm really happy with them and then I'll move on to the next one. Yeah, know? and I think one of the things that, I mean, they talk about this at a lot of success uh, seminars, you know, mm -hmm. the percentage of people who write their goals down. And so one of the things we do is we meet every year as a management staff and we write down the plan for the year. And it, it doesn't always go, actually never goes exactly according <laughs> to plan, you know, but, but you, you, know ha but you have it. Yeah. And everybody's on the same page. And so uh, you need an accountability partner because as dealers don't have an accountability partner. Yeah. Yeah, your wife. There's nobody to punish us. <laughs> yeah, and we don't tell them everything. So, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks so much, Marshall. Yeah, thanks, guys. This. All right, Jeff, we have a special treat. Miss Brenna Stansberry from Redding, California. Um, her family's been in the car business forever, but let's uh, let's talk about that, Brenna. Let's do that. Let's right. talk about that. How'd you how'd you get into car business and um, and just give us a little background. Um, I got in the car business because it was an opportunity for me at the time in my life to be a single mom of four kids and come and go and do DMV and do accounts payables and leave when my kids needed me. So about 25 years ago, I stepped into that role and uh, it's just grown from there. I've done every aspect of the car business except for washing them. Oh, I'm sure you've washed <laughs> a car before. Come on. Well, they may not let you in Reading because y'all don't have any water, right? No water, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just scrub them until they're clean. So yes. uh, your father started the business? Yes, about 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've been in business for 34. I thought that was a long time. It is yeah. a long time. When did you take over day-to-day -day operations, and how did that look? What, what happened that allowed you to, to do that? Well, it was a really big struggle because of the industry is so male-dominated that even when my dad was able to say, yes, you're in charge, he had a really hard time letting go of that. And he really worried about me being a woman in the industry because of the boys club stigmatization that is just so overwhelming. How do you combat that, that stereotype? And how, what do you do as a, as a leading woman in our industry to combat the all boys club? I think one of the biggest things is being confident in who you are and what you know and then also being open to learning from these men that have dominated this business for so long. Um, I also really believe in continuing to grow and not staying the same. Sure. We keep on doing the same thing and we're getting the same results. So I'm always looking for something new, something different. I'm always wanting to change. That's yeah. why I love Expos so much. Yeah, so, so I go way back with uh, Brenna. We were in 20 Group together, and she's still in 20 Group, and she, uh, she's definitely someone who searches out knowledge. And it's funny that she's always talking about change. Well, when I first met her, she changed the name of the dealership. You had I, a dealership that had been in business for 35 years, and you all of a sudden just just changed everything we, we did talk about that that was scary <laughs> that was scary because we didn't change to get away from a, a poor reputation we changed to get away from a stereotype of just a word and budget auto center is, is still our corporate name but um the word budget for us because we're a prime dealer was really difficult to mm -hmm. you know, our customers would come in um expecting 
a $50,000 truck for $20,000. So that just, the word just didn't right. work. And um, it was just time to change. It was time to rebrand. And it wasn't hard, but it was scary. Yeah. It was very scary. I remember when you were going through that. Yes, yeah. it was crazy. But I tell you, it's a, uh, you went with the right name, I think. Um, Thank you. Uh, was it Park Marina? Park Marina Motors. Park Marina Motors, and that's the street that's your own, right? Correct, and it's just one of those streets in our town that everybody knows. Mm, it's wow. a thoroughfare between the two freeways. Yeah. It's not a super busy street, but we're, we're right off of the super busy street on the corner of. That's very cool. So give us uh, maybe one or two tips that uh, a woman entering the business should, you know, do. What, how is she going to make her impact on our industry? I would say educate, be open and, and learn. I learn from all the men in this industry. Um, so, so I would say definitely educate, educate yourself, be open and, and uh, align yourselves with other women. I think that's yeah. really important. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Brenna. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you.